The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. With Gary Ray, in our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is December 2nd, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray. And by the way, if anyone's buying me a Christmas present, you only have 23 more shopping days left. (laughs) 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 All right. I hope everyone had a chance to listen to last week's show. We had Judy Schaefer from Heroes to Heroes, which is a nonprofit organization that takes groups of veterans to Israel. There are qualifications to participate. Check them out at the heroestoheroes.org website. Joining me today, we have Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. How are you doing today, sir? Just great, Gary, and good to be with everybody today. All right. And we also have Jim Klug. He's a national historian for the Military Order of the Purple Heart. How are you today, sir? Absolutely wonderful and so excited about today's program. All right. Today's show is about the greatest generation. From the NBC newsroom in New York, President Roosevelt said in a statement today that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, from the air. I'll repeat that. President Roosevelt says that the Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor in Hawaii from the air. We will interrupt all programs to give you latest news bulletins. Stay tuned to this station. All right. This broadcast is dedicated to the greatest generation, those that ushered in the beginning of World War II at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, December 7, 1941, as quoted by President Roosevelt, a day that will live in infamy. Edward Killeen was born on June 18, 1922, and he passed away just this last August, on August 3, 2014, at the age of 92 years young, and was one of those survivors. Allow me to introduce our guest, Edward's son, Steve Killeen. Welcome, Steve. Well, thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. All right. Now, maybe we want to start... Welcome, Steve. Welcome, Steve. Good to have you. Yes, Thank definitely you. it is. Again. And now, again, Steve, I guess he has, when the family, uh, he had what, four brothers? or there were th- He four had three brothers, brothers uh, a total of four boys, including him. Okay. And uh, tell us how, how it went. How, what made him go out and, and uh, join the Marines? Well, it was, uh, it was during the Depression, and his uh, dad passed away. When he was in his teens, he was 15 years old, and his uh, mother was raising four boys uh, by herself, and he was the oldest, and uh, she uh, told him, she says, Eddie, you get your brother, and you go, and, and you enlist in the service, because I can't feed four mouths. 
you boys eat too much, so you go. And so he got his brother in uh, January of 1941, and they uh, bummed a ride out to uh, San Diego from a friend. And uh, actually, they all enlisted together, and uh, uh, the the uh, uh, barracks were full, but uh, they, they gave him a little spot to sleep in for a couple weeks, and they actually enlisted uh, the next month in February, and... Uh, uh, Dad said, I want to go see the world, so uh, uh, what do I need to do? And they says, well, if you're a, a, a bugler, we can get you in, and that way you can go and do and see uh, the world. And uh, that's what he signed up for as a field uh, music uh, bugler. He was also uh, a Spanish translator and uh, uh, a bazooka man. All right. <clears throat> wow. Now, uh, Jim, you were you were uh, good friends with Edward, weren't you? Yes, and also, uh, also I Steve. Was, uh, huh? Yes, I was. Uh, I met uh, Edward uh, by chance, uh, probably early or the last part of uh, 2010, and um, <clears throat> come to find out. Uh, our national commander, Bruce McKinty, at the point in time, uh, said, Jim, there's somebody I think you ought to uh, make an effort to go meet and, and uh, introduce yourself to. And so I reached out and I found Edward's phone number uh, through that uh, email that was sent to me. And from there, it was a uh, absolute pleasure and an honor to know and to meet Edward and then eventually to meet Steve and to see the close relationship that existed and to see how Steve absolutely idolized and worshipped his father and who couldn't edward was the kind of guy i've always said i never once spoke to ed if i was driving 70 miles an hour down the freeway ed was singing god bless america or some <laughs> uh, uh patriotic song he's a true great american all right all right going that fast down the freeway i'd be singing too <laughs> 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 there you go. You know, you know Steve, uh, on the morning of December 7th, 1941, tell us what happened in those morning, early morning hours. Well, uh, most of everybody was sleeping, and uh, Dad was asked, Edward was asked to go up into the crow's nest and, and clean up uh, the area up there in that caged area because uh, they had been out to sea for several weeks. And so he's up there cleaning. He kind of felt a little bad for himself. He wished he was sleeping in like the rest of uh, his buddies. And, uh, you know, he's up there cleaning. And uh, next thing he knows, he hears the planes flying in. And he was kind of puzzled because he knew that our guys were out doing a practice run earlier. And how come they're out again was a mystery to him. Next thing he knows, uh, they're coming in closer and... They, they are firing at his ship right there in the cage where he's at in the crow's nest. And they're bouncing off of the cage. And he's uh, beside himself. He can't figure out, make heads or tails of what's going on. The next thing he knows, the plane's buzzing the, the ship. And he could see from the sunrise there the reflection of the, the pilot's gold teeth reflecting in the sun. And he could see the pilot inside there. And... Uh, and looking right at him, just real close to the ship. It was, uh, it was uh, mind-boggling for him, and he just he, he ran down the stairs as quick as he could 
to get to the bugle there, and the captain says, sound general quarters. And uh, it just so happens the bugle that was there was uh, someone else's bugle, but he just grabbed it because that's all he had there, and a different size mouthpiece, and all the uh, ramped-up energy between the two of them, all that came out was kind of a, a blurch or a scorch sound that uh, didn't sound right at all. But it, it got uh, people running and moving, and uh, the, the captain was upset, and he says, everybody, general quarters is not a drill. And uh, everybody uh, went to, to their, their stations, and it was, uh, as you know, it was mayhem after that. And, right. uh Wow, amazing. What ship, what ship was he on? He was what on the USS was Tennessee. was right okay. in front of the Arizona and, and, and the... Uh, what they called the Weavy, the West Virginia, was on to the outside of the USS Tennessee, which uh, really took the front of all the, uh, the ammo coming at it, whether it was, uh, you know, the uh, shooting from the planes or the uh, torpedoes. The Weavy took most of the, the hits, and so the, the, they tried to sink the Tennessee the best they could, but they couldn't uh, get to it, and... Uh, uh, it, it did uh, get damaged, but it wasn't uh, uh, too far gone to where they couldn't limp it up to uh, the northern uh, Pacific Northwest and get it repaired up to Washington. Boy, boy, what a story! Yeah. What, well, Steve? How did that change your dad's life? Oh, he was. Uh, he appreciated every day. I knew that he appreciated life in general and everything that he had. He just uh, would never uh, complain. Uh, so so rare to hear him uh, utter anything uh, negative. Uh, but uh, I know it really impacted him. Uh, back then, they didn't have, I don't think, the, the title of the post-traumatic syndrome. For him... Is he always had nightmares and always uh, uh, had the vision in his head of what happened there because he was right there in the, in the middle of it all, seeing his buddies burning in, in, the, in the oil, in, in the water there, in the harbor. And uh, it, it stayed in his mind, and it, at night he would have nightmares. I remember vividly as a kid, but I just thought it was just, one of those things, but it really stuck with them. And back then, it would just raise a family. He just hunkered down and raised a family and, and, and did his day-to-day life routine. And, you know, he didn't have time to stop for well, post-traumatic syndrome or this or that. He just kept on going, uh, you know, bless him. God bless him for what he did, raising the four boys himself with with my mom, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was, he, he hunkered down and, and, and did his work as a, a salesman for uh, U.S. tobacco, and he just kept on going, and uh, thank God uh, he, he persevered. He, he was tenacious and uh, kept on going. And well, uh, Steve, uh, uh, he was, didn't, um, I mean, other than Pearl Harbor was, that was was that the end of and we uh, we know but just so everybody else knows too that wasn't the end of Edwards um, uh, battles in the Pacific was it? No, not at all, not at all. After uh, the he went up to Bremerton, Washington for the 
ship to get repaired, they uh, immediately sent him off to the uh, Pensacola, and he went off and he was in the uh, Battle of the Coral Sea. And uh, he was involved with that and uh, endured that. And uh, uh, fortunately, he made it through. And uh, uh, then after the Coral Sea, he went on to Saipan. And there, he said, said, Steve, that one almost took me. He said, I, I was up on the top of a ridge with two other guys, and a bomb exploded right near them. One guy lost an arm. The other guy lost his leg, and then Dad received a wound in his back, pretty close to his spine. And uh, he said, uh, I may, may be injured, but those guys took the worst of it. And uh, and when he went to get uh, in the hospital there and it healed up, he went over and made sure he went and saw those two guys before they uh, released him and uh, uh, sat there and had lunch with them and... Uh, Talked with him for a bit, and uh, uh, you know, it was it was he felt uh, bad about him getting out of there, kind of uh, hardly un- unscathed in comparison to them. So uh, anyway, after that, he uh, he healed up, and then he went on to uh, Iwo Jima okay. and uh, made it through that, and. Uh, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, uh, at the end of, uh, in December of 1945, he, uh, uh, was honorably discharged and went on to, uh, uh, raising his family and, uh, start his, uh, his career. All right, Steve, we're going to take a break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Also, check out our local partners page to see local businesses that support our veteran communities. Just be sure to support them back. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Steve Colleen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. 
If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Edward Colina's son, Steve. And uh, Jim, you had a question. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, Steve, I know for sure that uh, Edward was involved with the uh, Pearl Harbor Survivors Association as well as the Military Order of the Purple Heart. Um, and I, I suspect there were other organizations. Tell me about how those military fraternal organizations, uh, um, what they meant to uh, Edward. Well, it was uh, uh, not only to mention the Purple, or Purple Heart uh, Military Order, of the Pearl Harbor, but also the Pearl Harbor Survivors. He was also a member of the Disabled American Veterans and the Veterans yeah. of the Foreign Wars. And uh, all that, uh, he was uh, members of all those lifetime members, and it was uh, a connection for him to uh, read the uh, the monthly uh, magazines and, and, and go and be involved whenever he could to any conventions and so forth. Uh, he uh, really appreciated the camaraderie and uh, so forth. Uh, it, uh, it, it was... Uh, Helpful to to be around the other guys, uh, and uh, it was uh, special to him. It really was. Well, I, and, I can uh, remember him. I can remember him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I can remember him at our uh, Purple Heart National Convention over in Arizona, and uh, once again, as uh, Edward always did, uh, he made friends with total strangers immediately, and he had an endearing way about him that seemed to be uh, that kind of a person that people love to be around and hear the stories of, and yes, he wore his... Uh, not only his Purple Heart there, and um, but he also had his Pearl Harbor Survivor, and all of us in the military recognized that 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 special group of individuals literally laid the foundation upon which this nation of ours, the United States of America, was truly built and preserved. And uh, Edward, Edward just again exemplified all of those great and wonderful things of that generation, and. Um, he was he was he was a man among men. I'll tell you. And, and Steve, I can't imagine how proud you are of Edward. Oh, immensely. Uh, going back to the going to the meetings with him, to uh, the Pearl Harbor survivors meetings uh, in uh, Redwood City, California. Uh, it was uh, something that my stepmom influenced him to. You should go to the meetings, Ed. You know, he was real busy with his day-to-day life and, and this and that. And But he he went and he asked me, would you go with me, Steve? And I said, sure. I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So as I went there, I'd hear the stories from the other guys. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, to uh, hear Dad respond to their stories because as a kid, I would ask him about, oh, so tell me some stories about when you were in the war. And he would just uh, look down and say, well, Steve, war is a terrible thing, and uh, it, it's bad. And he would he would just never tell me anything when I was a kid. So after time, I just kind of pretty much gave up on it, asking him. And uh, to go to those meetings with him and be there with him and, and have the honor of being 
also with the other survivors too, and hear all the stories. It was uh, really incredible and, and a huge honor to be there. And it was just a, a real pleasant surprise to hear the stories from him because that was what I was really yearning for is to hear his side of, of all the things that he went through. And uh, it was really uh, something I, I truly uh, appreciated. And I thought that was going to be, you know, kind of the best of it. And then uh, when the 70th uh, anniversary came around of Pearl Harbor, uh, mm-hmm. Dad said, I want to go. And I just started a new job, so I couldn't make it to that one. So I said, well, I'll hold off on this one. I'll go on the next one. And I was fortunate enough to uh, make it to the 71st and the 72nd with Dad. And uh, it was a true honor to be there with him. And that kind of was the the final segue to uh, going to all those meetings and and being a part of that and then to actually go there and be there with him during the event and, and as well as just even after the event uh, around the town and in the public view, uh, just the, the people would uh, uh, want to come up, shake his hand, uh, buy him coffee, whatever. Uh, it was just uh, the recognition that he received was so uh, warming to me because he went through all his life just uh, doing his daily thing of work and, and raising a family. And then to be recognized at the tail end of your life like that was a huge boost to him. Because uh, a lot of times the guys, they, they get uh, older and they just, uh, the day to think, they just wanted to stay alive. But for him, he looked forward to December so much. It was like his birthday and Christmas and everything all rolled into one. He was so excited because I would, throughout the year, I was selling uh, different prints to earn a little bit of money to send them there at the end of the year, or the both of us actually. And I uh, would get a little bit of money. It wasn't, didn't pay for everything, but... It, it it went towards the right uh, yeah. Yeah. end goal. Well, Steve, um, in last year, Edward had quite an honor. Um, tell us about that. And I'm referring to just before the parade in Honolulu, but obviously even the service that was held in Pearl Harbor at 7.55 in the morning, that's, that's something that... Uh, absolutely uh, makes the goosebumps on your arms come up. But in addition to that, what happened over there in the park just outside of Honolulu before the main parade going down the uh, Waikiki Strip? Well, prior to the the parade itself, uh, Edward was asked to be the guest of honor and tell his story (laughs) about being in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. uh, Isn't that great? Yeah, it was uh, quite a speech there. And, uh, um, uh, it's it's visible. Or you can see it on uh, YouTube, uh, online, uh, and uh, just type in his name. And so Edward Colleen. And uh, yeah, that was uh, a huge honor for him to uh, uh, be there. And uh, you know, no one knew that that was going to be you know our, our last time there. But uh, it was. Uh, it, it, it was a, a real honor for him to be up there and uh, I'll be recognized and, uh, and and have a chance to tell a story and uh, have uh, some sort of impact on those young uh, kids out there that are in the parade, you know, to, 
to do what's right and not to forget, uh, always remember Pearl Harbor. And uh, it was and you know, uh, Steve, a real you know, huge Steve, honor for him. And you know, Steve, he said that right in his speech. He, said, he looked out there to the Marines and sailors and Army uh, cadets and active duty, and he said, I'm proud of you. He said, you're the, you're the heart and soul of our nation. And here's Edward sitting on the front row and probably, you know, I've got to say, he probably, Edward was right on the front line. Who could be more exposed um, than up in the, than the crow's nest of the USS Tennessee directly next to the Arizona and witness what was unfolding there and, and on December 7th? What a tremendous perspective to see what was going on there. Yes. And another uh, um, thing that he found out when we were at the uh, last event uh, the last year in 2013, uh, after the uh, anniversary event, uh, a uh, person came up to the dad and asked him uh, if he was on the USS Tennessee, and he said yes. And he says, Dad, did you know that uh, there was a, a dud that went down the turret? And uh, and it, it didn't explode. It ignited. The, the starter ignited, but it didn't explode, and it caused uh, several of the, the sailors down at the bottom there to get burned. And, and uh, Dad always had in his mind that he remembers seeing that out of his uh, side of his view there, uh, something go down the turret, but he didn't know what. And that answered a question that was on his mind for, you know, 70-plus years. And uh, that was uh, really a huge uh, thing for him because he had asked other other uh, survivors if they had saw anything and nobody knew anything about her or said anything. But had that gone off, it would the, the ship would have been in the same condition as the USS Arizona, you know, at the bottom of the water there. Wow. So it was a dud, and the only thing that uh, saved it is the, the, the <coughs> ship was it didn't go off. Otherwise, there would have been uh, curtains for that his ship as well, as well as him and the rest of the crew. And so it was just a, a, a lucky uh, moment there for them. Steve, this is Bill. Uh, I, I want to let you know I visited Pearl Harbor uh, in Hawaii uh, uh, on at least three occasions. And, of course, each time uh, that I've uh, been there, I always visit the, uh, the site of the memorial. And uh, I, I tell you, that is clearly, in my mind, hallowed ground. And, uh, you know, the, uh, what those uh, uh, men who were serving at the time with that uh, attack, that, that which was a surprise, that they did so much uh, devastation to our folks there. But I'm, I'm interested in, 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 in knowing, and, and, and it appears that uh, from your father's connection with uh, many of the uh, veteran service organizations as to what kind of uh, of uh, issues may have been occurring when they came back and reintegrating with their families and uh, how he may have played a role in that? You know, uh, I, I think one of the, the, the biggest things of concern is that when you come back from an experience like that in, in combat, uh, it, it changes you and the impact it has on the families. So obviously, I'm thinking he must have been in contact with some of those uh, others who served in the, the, the kinds of uh, experiences that they may have been ex uh, going through when they returned home to their families. 
Well, I know that, uh, as I mentioned before, he had uh, nightmares and so forth, and uh, that affected him. But uh, overall, I mean, I was just a kid growing up, uh, and uh, my view of it, he was a good father. He didn't have uh, any uh, real huge apparent of any fallout as far as his character or how he behaved. He didn't... uh, you know, uh, have any, you know, drinking problem or anything. He didn't, you know, uh, you know, slap his kids around or anything or his spouse. He just, uh, he just went and hunkered down and did his job. And fortunately, uh, I think he kind of made the best of the bad situation. He just like, just kept on going. He, I, I, I give him huge credit for being a good father. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, he to be a provider and just continuous uh, uh, consistency. Uh, just right. you know, we were always we never went without. We we didn't we weren't spoiled kids by any means because we didn't get everything we wanted, but we we were very half happy to uh, have whatever we got when we got it, and uh, everything was fine. We never uh, doubted Dad for being a provider because he was so. Uh, he was a good dad, and since he was on the road a lot as a traveling salesman, the U.S. Tobacco, uh, he uh, wasn't home much, but when he was there, we appreciated the time with him, right. uh, with, uh, my, my brothers and myself. And so um, he, he was a good father, and uh, uh, I, uh, I couldn't see anything extra uh, dramatic or anything that was about him that... Uh, uh, it didn't, you know, put him in a a, a different type of uh, in a bad light at all. He he, right. he did his best to do his best. Yeah. All right. That's well, all it's I break can t- say there. Yeah. Give him it's a, break, uh, a plus. It's break time again. So you can now learn more about the American Heroes Network loyalty brands that provide financial support for our veterans and military families by going to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Also, to stay updated on your phone, text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464. In other words, when you pick up your phone in the message part, Put the word HERO, H-E-R-O, and send it to 80464. Our loyalty brand, American Heroes Apparel, is now available online and will also be in retail stores soon. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on the T-shirt icon. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Steve Colleen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We're here with our guest, Evergreen's son, Steve. And Steve, out of the four brothers, did they all go in, or was it just two? Uh, it was just uh, the, the, the two older brothers. Yeah. Uh, my and younger brother uh, um, didn't enlist, or neither did I. Um, okay. I was uh, just uh, too busy working on cars and fooling around. I wasn't. I didn't have my head on straight then. But at any rate, the two older ones. Uh, but it was during the Vietnam era that they kind of. Uh, altered things while dad was away on the road they had convinced uh, my mom since all of the uh you know war uh controversy was on and we we're right here in the hub of it uh, living in the bay area near san francisco they uh had a real influence on my mom to uh clean out the closet and uh, dad had his military items in there and uh uh, for whatever reason, they thought by uh, taking his uh, items, uh, he had a bugle from the war and uh, the Japanese uh, Rising Sun uh, scarves and flags and uh, his, his military blues and everything. And unfortunately, it is, they put it in the garbage. And uh, it, that uh, hurt Dad immensely. Uh, and uh, it was uh, an unfortunate thing that happened. So... There was uh, um, a disappointment there. Dad, Dad took it uh, uh, the best he could under the conditions, but uh, it hurt him. It, it hurt him uh, to know that that, that stuff was uh, thrown out. So as I grew up and I found out about that, as I was older, I, I thought, you know, this is a shame that my brothers and family are not recognizing him uh, the man that he is and uh, it made an extra motivation to me to pick up the slack on the, the fact that my brothers were, were uh, shunning him and, and not recognizing him and uh, I was more than happy to be his uh, caddy if you will uh, and uh, be a support uh, and it was an honor uh, to be there uh, uh, you know, to be a moral support to him and 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 take care of things for him to plan for the uh, meetings at uh, uh, not only the survivor meetings but uh, also 
I would take care of uh, the airfare and everything to go to Pearl Harbor in December, uh, the, the two times that we went, as well as 70th when he went himself. Uh, and then two years after that, I went with him and was fortunate enough to go with him and, and be there. Uh, it was uh, my honor to uh, do the best I could to fill in the slack. And, and he recognized it, and he told me, he said, Steve, I, I appreciate so much uh, what you do for me. And uh, that meant the world to me. And uh, he thanked me. He says, Steve, you're one in a million, son. And uh, mm. I just felt like I hit a home run. You know, I thought, well, thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's an honor Isn't to that be in this spot. Yeah, that's beautiful, Steve. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's your heart. You know, maybe because, you know, when when we came back at that era, the Vietnam era, you know, you, you're leaving a war and coming back to another war. Um, that was that was hard to take when you came back. And you know, uh, Bill, you mentioned uh, about, uh, you know, the, the returning and the post-traumatic uh, stress. And uh, Edward at one point said... Uh, Jim, it hasn't been easy, and the the nature Edward was had the ability, I think, to recapture that lost innocence that certainly was stole from him at a wholesale rate on December seventh, and uh, and then you go, oh my goodness, then let's don't forget the Coral Sea and let's Saipan and then then let's finish it off with uh, Iwo Jima, and is a bazooka man. He he talked about that and he said. Well, besides the machine gunner, he says, they really loved us bazooka guys. He said, they looked for us with a vengeance. And uh, so you can imagine what kind of tension Edward worked under. And yet, as Steve just said, you know, there was such a, a bond there to his family. But it wasn't perfect. But I can tell you this, Edward did the very best any human being could possibly do. Well, Jim, that, no. that's certainly that's certainly remarkable because uh, we know in our era, uh, serving in uh, in Vietnam uh, uh, and 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 coming forward, uh, the the situation has been different. But you know, it's probably why the title that Tom Brokaw Brokaw yep. has uh, 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 labeled those uh, who serve as the greatest generation that they yep. really, really deserve that, and uh, and that's great to be able to do that, to have that kind of experience. And as Steve has said, you know, he continued on with his life and uh, continued uh, to be successful in raising his family and being a good provider. But there had to have been other individuals out there, you know, uh, may not have had his uh, same experience that yeah. uh, uh, suffered to some degree because I can remember as a kid the World War II guys whom I had the, the greatest respect for, but uh, they had uh, uh, some issues as a result of their service and, 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 and what they came back home with. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah, something else. Uh, wow. You know, amazing. And you know what? We're, we're again talking that Edward was maybe, 
he wasn't the only uh, greatest of the greatest generation. He was perhaps maybe in some respects maybe the spear point of that greatest generation being there right at ground zero at the beginning of World War II. But look at all the rest of the greatest generation that went out there as well as look at the fellowship and look at the camaraderie and the hawkering down that the entire United States set its mind to doing of winning the war and Never in our nation's history have we come together in such a complete effort to accomplish something so grave as to fight on every hemisphere of the United States virtually against enemies ranging from Europe to the uh, to the Pacific and the Japanese fleets. So tremendous effort. I mean, never never have we fought on so many different battlefronts. Oh, it truly is amazing. Yes. You know, it's Jim. Did you ever uh, tell Steve that we were going to have uh, Edward on the show? I think we were talking about that back in July, uh, uh, June or July, weren't we? We were, and uh, you know, the uh, the pain that uh, that uh, here we are today. Um, certainly, the blessing of having Steve on the air with us. I, I, if I could reinvent our timeline, Gary and uh, Bill and Steve, it would be to have Edward on the other side because somewhere again in this broadcast, Edward would be singing to us and our hearts would be just absolutely filled because um, the opportunity of being around the presence of Edward. Um, and Edward talked to me before uh, oh, several months ago and said, Jim, are you going to go to Pearl Harbor? And at that point, I was vacillating because we're going to be doing another assignment uh, just right around the first part of December. And uh, so I didn't know. But uh, it wasn't ruled out, but it wasn't cemented. And Edward said to me this simple word, I wish you were there. Uh-huh. And that's, a, that's quite a statement. Wow. Yeah. Now you did. You did mention he he was he also sang in the opera. Yes, uh, when he was uh, uh, younger, uh, when he was in San Diego before he moved to Northern California to Sunnyvale, uh, he was in the uh, Starlight Opera in uh, San Diego there, and uh, I mean they had people come through there like Bing Crosby and other uh, uh, singers and so forth. Uh, and uh, he sang there, uh, but Mom wasn't completely on board with things. Now, I, I don't know if it was because there was other women there or financial reasons, whatever, but she says, you need to get a regular job and this and that. And uh, so Dad uh, kind of hesitantly, okay, and that's when he went off and uh, found a, a job. It was working initially at a clothing store in San Diego, and then... Uh, uh, he met uh, one of the gentlemen, a customer, came in and uh, worked for American Tobacco, and uh, he asked him for a job, and they went out and uh, interviewed, uh, and uh, Dad was able to sing the Italian songs and everything uh, while they were <laughs> doing a call at a uh, deli, and so the uh, the uh, manager uh, for the American Tobacco was so impressed that he could sing all these songs, and the the the, the deli owner bought uh, well, more than he's ever bought in the past, and so Dad was uh, was uh, instant uh, hire there. And uh, anyway, the rest is history. But uh, that's how he got his initial start there, and 
So it was always uh, an, always an added bonus for Dad to have a, an opportunity to sing because uh, most everybody uh, enjoy hearing uh, the old songs from uh, that era, World War II, or uh, uh, any of the uh, uh, Marine songs or so forth. And, uh, and he would also sing you know, the Italian and, and then Latin songs as well. And so everybody um, enjoyed hearing that from time to time, and uh, it always would break the ice with the ladies. All right. They always get, well, get yeah. a kick out of hearing them sing. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Be sure to check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. If you own a business and are interested in saving money on your merchant account services, give First Class Merchant Services a call right now. The number is 407-401-0772. That's 407 407- Four zero one zero seven seven two, and they are national. Don't forget to go to our uh, the American Heroes Net- Network Facebook page and like us. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest Steve Colleen. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Edward Colleen's son, Steve. And uh, uh, Bill, you had a question? Yes, Steve. Uh, you know, listening to your father's service, there was no question that he was committed and dedicated to serving uh, this great country. And um, I, I'm just wondering if there are other things that uh, uh, you'd like to tell us in terms of uh, 
uh, things you recall him uh, explaining to you about his service and uh, when he was on active duty? Well, he had mentioned one time when he was uh, in a landing craft coming ashore and they dropped the gate and he was in charge of directing the, the troops which way to go. And he jumped off and next thing he knows, behind him there were some explosions there on the beach and he turned around and uh, uh, all of his comrades that were in, in that landing craft with him were, were dead on the beach. And he was the only one standing there. And he turned around to the guy that was hanging on the side of the craft there. And he said, did you see that, Mac? And he looked at him and he realized the guy was hanging onto the side of the craft, but he'd taken a bullet through the head and he was hanging on even though he had already perished. And he was the only one left out of that, that group. And he was, you know, had to go on to find the rest of his his, his uh, comrades there uh, in the jungle. But uh, that was one story he told me that was uh, very uh, uh, intense. And uh, as the uh, uh, bazooka man, there were times that they would uh, set up camp in the evening or whatever uh, there in Saipan, and uh, they would have uh, an occasional sniper in the tree somewhere that would uh, be uh, uh, shooting at him off and on. And uh, they would uh, go to him and say, you know, can you uh, uh, go ahead and clean this up over here? And, and they would uh, tell him where he was at, and, and Dad would get his bazooka out there and uh, um, uh, take care of business and... Uh, uh, there was uh, some uh, stories that he had told as well as uh, uh, as a bazooka man he would go uh, with the uh, flamethrower uh, gentleman and uh, they would have to go around to the caves in Saipan and uh, the, he was a, a Spanish translator so he would yell down into the cave and let him know that they were outside and uh, the, the wives uh, spoke Spanish, and then the, the, the husbands were Japanese, of course, and the wives were from Spanish descent because the island had been taken over uh, years before. Anyhow, he would let them know, we're going to burn you out of there if you don't come out. Well, the wives and the kids would cry, and uh, uh, they'd end up, uh, you know, he'd have to uh, turn away, and then the... the uh, the guy with the flamethrower would uh, do his duty, and uh, well, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the, the families would uh, stay in there, and uh, uh, bad things happen there. And one time, the the flamethrower guy says, "Well, let's trade up. I'll shoot the bazooka. You shoot the flamethrower." <laughs> and he says, "Okay." And well, as it turned out, when it came time for him to to pull the trigger and uh, and burn out the cave. Dad said, "I can't. I can't do that. The, the women and kids, and yeah. I, I can't do it. I, I want my bazooka wow. back." When you go back to uh, uh, Plan A, <laughs> it was uh, wow. You know, so many uh, uh, things he went through, and I just uh, heard part of them. Uh, I know, but uh, he went through so much, and. Uh, when they first landed on Saipan, they were waiting for the cargo to be loaded with the cargo trucks. And they could see in the dirt road there was a spot where the dirt was a little bit, uh, just had a different form to it. 
And so after all the cargo trucks went by, they went down there uh, and they dug in the dirt there and they found cases of sake in, in the in the dirt road somebody had uh, put in there. And they grabbed it out of there and they had themselves a heck of a party that afternoon <laughs> on the grass right. and all. <laughs> and, uh, and they were scared out of the court because they had just landed there. And uh, he said, I was just a young kid, and we were just uh, happy as heck to have something to ease the pain. Because they were, they were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. And so that night, it was raining all night, and they're down in the foxhole. And they, he remembers that the, somebody's walking up, and they had their little code name, and the guy didn't respond. And uh, sure enough, uh, the, the, the guy was got the bayonet, and he fell down into the uh, foxhole, and uh, Dad recalls, he says, I heard that guy's blood gurgling all night in his throat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, then by morning, he finally passed away in the, in the, uh, in the foxhole. The, the enemy was in there, and uh, sure enough, they, uh, they, they got him in the middle of the night because they couldn't see anything. And... Uh, it was uh, one of the stories that uh, he told me. It was uh, the, the the intensity of war, and uh, it was it was that's what caused him to have the the, the nightmares and uh, it brings into the the realism of the the, the things that these guys went through, just mm-hmm. in their own survival as well as uh, the things that were they had to do to stay alive. That's right. Was, uh, That's right. Well, Steve, we, we only have a couple of minutes left, Steve, yes. and it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Well, uh, I'm sure that if uh, Dad was still with us, and it doesn't uh, seem like uh, it was just uh, a few months ago, I, uh, I had the pleasure of him visiting uh, in this, this, this past summer, but... Uh, I know it was uh, near and dear to him that uh, the future generations not forget what uh, took place uh, that day as well as uh, thereafter uh, World War II and uh, that uh, that future generations can remember that so we can avoid war in the future at all costs. Because right. oftentimes people portrayed as the soldiers are the ones that are... Uh, uh, okay and accepting of the war, but they're they're doing what's being asked of them because that's the kind of people they are. They're doing the work that uh, the other people uh, uh, don't have the uh, uh, the fortitude to do, and right. they're doing that for America, red, white, and blue. And uh, they're, they're that's what he's he's uh, would would ask the uh, future generations. Uh, to remember as well as he also said, Steve, I'm not the hero. The guys that are the heroes are the guys that didn't make it out. Those are the guys that are at the bottom mm-hmm. of the harbor and, and, and at the uh, at the sands of Iwo Jima and Saipan and all the other places that uh, our, our veterans didn't make it out. Those guys are the heroes, not me. Right, and, I, and I bet if he was here, we'd also hear a couple songs. <laughs> with you, like that's right. It was time for a commercial. He would, he would yeah. sing. <laughs> that's right. Now, Bill. 
Uh, Steve, thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks to your father for his uh, great service to this country. And uh, thank you again for being a good listener to uh, his experiences while on active duty. Uh, I I think you've retained a tremendous amount of what uh, he experienced, and uh, you're in a very good position to continue to tell his story. So uh, we appreciate that at the utmost. Right. Jim, well, thank you. I have a couple My seconds honor. on that. Yes, Jim. and Steve, uh, thanks also for that. And, um, you know, um, Edward said one time to me, he said, as long as we tell the stories, we won't be forgotten. He said, Jim, tell the stories. And I thank you for the opportunity of telling Edward's story, as well as saying thank you to all of those World War II veterans that stepped forward. All right. If you missed any of our shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all the archived shows right out from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. This show is dedicated to those who have lost their lives and the survivors on December 7th, 1941, and of those who have given their lives since for our freedom. Remember, freedom is never free. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thing.